Hey everyone, you may notice some faint background noise in this month's episode. Apologies for that, a sweetheart was making dinner in the background, and for whatever reason, it really popped after we had already recorded. That being said, away we go. Hey, 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 hi, Gala. <laughs> hi, Rose. Did you know that Mercury is in Aries now? I 100% know that Mercury is in Aries right now. There is like, it's it's like a bird came to my window and sang to me the song. Right. <laughs> like, but maybe earlier than it than was polite to do so. Every morning, actually. <laughs> it's an impolite vertigram in my house. <laughs> right. I forgot about that. Yeah. You have the yeah. one. I have many. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have many, too. The thing about my bird, my bird, <laughs> is that um, my bird doesn't like, is not, um, uh, he's, not, he's not interested in creating a show. He's not talking to me. He's talking to all the birds outside. <laughs> So he's, he's like never talking to me. So really what's happening is that there are like 200 times more birds outside right now. And they're all like, have you fucked that one bird over there yet? No, I'm going to fuck her later, man. And then, and then (laughs) speaking of Venus in Aries, huh? (laughs) I mean, they're like, I mean, what else could they be talking about besides like, get out of my nest. Maybe they're (laughs) talking about 5G. You know, <laughs> you mean like the network? Yeah. You think that they're like trying to get a good connection? They're like, this shit is fucking, fucking up my sonar. They're you like, you think these are like mobile birds? They're like, I, I migrated to Milwaukee this year. <laughs> <laughs> I usually go to Sarasota Springs. <laughs> yeah. Like, have you guys tried Metro PCS or no? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what about cricket? Stupid. <laughs> Just stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really happy. I actually, I guess it's like the moment, the day that it ingressed, I definitely was like, right away, I was fighting about something. Like, right away, I was just like, yeah, I was just like, this did not go this way. And I don't want to hear it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I had a, I had an explosive afternoon that then just mellowed out into everything's hard I'm sorry on both yeah, ends yeah know? which is true everything is hard like there is the whole world uh grumbling still um there's a false optimism and then there's also like this fucking Saturn Uranus square right that like has just been grinding creaking creaking yeah. creaking oh. on and on um, it's such a trouble. Yeah. It's such a trouble. It's such a trouble. And it's also, there's a little bit of whiplash, right? Going from mm-hmm. like a Mercury-Neptune conjunction to Venus-Sun conjunct in Aries and then having Mercury follow right after to join the party, right? You know, it's like I want everything to be in Aries, but also like <laughs> do I? You know what I mean? <laughs> Is that your Martian connection, do you think, partly? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But also it's like to have the, it's interesting too, to go from 
kind of focusing on Mercury to having Mercury like kind of be like, don't worry about it. I got this. Yeah. And then be like, <clears throat> oh, right. Neptune is squaring Mars. Great. <laughs> right. There is that happening. Um, you know, so it's it's so funny because then it's like, like I feel like one of my friends called me today. You know, she's an Aries rising, um, I think. Yeah, probably. And she was just like, I don't know. Today I woke up and I was just like, I got to exercise. <laughs> like she hadn't in like, you know, a long time. Like, I mean, she works on, on land, so she's always using her body, but not yeah. in like an intentional way, you know? Yeah. And then she was just like, and she was like, and then I did this 20 minute exercise and, and then I was like, that's not enough. So then I like found another 20 minute hit exercise and I was like, that's not enough. So I was like, maybe I should go for a run. And now my body's so fucking sore. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> must be Aries season. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, especially because yeah. that Gemini Mars, right, is like answering to it. And so it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, sure, here's some other options. Try them out. Sure, let me get curious. Let me try it. Let me try it. Let me try it. Oops. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. also like the idea of doing three things versus the actual experience of it yes you know like the idea is like well, like I can do all those three things they're 20 minutes long and they fit within the hour you know and then later you're like that's not the physical experience of like doing three like intensive <laughs> yeah <laughs> no I want to die <laughs> yeah you know and and that is something to reckon with too as mercury does make its its transit through areas and as it is then gonna be positively aspecting mars right is this like okay yeah you can conceive something and do it just as quickly as you do but remember that your conception of it might turn out to be a little different than the reality you know it's true and also like just because you can doesn't mean you should it's true like just because you can't because the thing is Aries always can they just can because it's cardinal a cardinal can you know they're just they're, they, they can but like at what cost you know what I mean yeah and I, there's I, kind of that so, just like going till you collapse somebody on Twitter just to add to like what I've seen of Aries season so far I saw a somebody right on twitter the other day that that they could take mary oliver in a fight i was like, <laughs> like some homosexual was like i could probably take her and then people were like but could you take her emotionally and i was just sitting there going like it's got to be airy season for somebody to decide that they just want to write that they could take mary like they, they're just like sitting there like who could i fight <laughs> What what dead poet could I fight? What what dead walking around the woods writing poems about her dogs and the poplars poet could I fight? Yeah, that's definitely that's a big that's big Aries season. Speaking of Aries season crashing in, I couldn't help but be tickled by um Lil Nas X popping back up, right? Yeah, were you tickled? Uh, yeah, I was very tickled. Tickle me Elmo. I also think Elmo is an Aries, perhaps, you know, just the joy, I, the red. I could see that. I could see the that. The enthusiasm, but like not a lot of learned wisdom. Like Elmo's learning with us, right? Also, Elmo is both kind of like earnest and shady, which I think is a truly like Aries kind of affect, especially for like a young kind of character. It's yeah. just like, wow you sure say things that are strange 
<laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Almost good with the backhanded compliment, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, Lil Nas X finally put the video out for Montero, Call Me By Your Name, right? Of course, it was salacious. It was horny. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was big and bold and bright and he took on he reinvented himself throughout the video right yeah um even taking on you know a whole big chunk of an fka twigs video but <laughs> which is interesting because fka is a capricorn just to uh, think about that square but continue <laughs> yeah <clears throat> but anyway mm-hmm. of course then the Christian Wright got up in arms. I mean, do should we describe the video? Do people know? They've all seen it. They know I what's mean, going on. I think everybody loves a synopsis. So, Rose, why don't you um, just uh, try your hand? I'll see if I if anything's missing. I'll sure. Um, so basically, the video starts out in what I think we're meant to view as pretty much archetypal heaven, right? Or the Garden of Eden. There's Lil Nas X lounging in repose beneath the tree of life. We see a Mm. serpent come down. There's a seduction with the serpent. Lil Nas X kisses the serpent. The serpent looks like it's about to go down on him. Is it this, is it a serpent? Because it seems sort of like some kind of weird, like chemical robotic creature to me. I mean, but that's kind of the gloss on the whole video, right? But yeah. to me, it looks very much like it begins in parallel to the Bible story, right? Of cool. Garden of Eden, tree of knowledge, snake comes out of it. That knowledge is self-knowledge, right? Then we see Lil Nas X get taken into some sort of court scenario, receive some sort of sentence, and then um, transform uh, himself again and mm-hmm. basically dance his way down a stripper pole to hell mm-hmm, mm-hmm. once he gets to hell he gives the devil a lap dance yes. uh, clearly gets the devil like feeling pretty comfortable and secure and at the very end of the video breaks the devil's neck steals his crown and we assume mm-hmm. then takes on the role of the ruler of this domain yeah weirdly which he already is <laughs> it's true it's true <laughs> Right. Yes. Great, great synopsis. Lots of things happening in the video. Um, He also posted a letter on the internet that this that this video was sort of a love, like a love song for his 14 year old self. Yes. Very sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, Moving. You know, what's interesting about the backlash on this video to me is that I see I'm seeing a lot of backlash in the love and light community. Which is to say that, like, not just, like, conservative people who don't like queer content already, but I'm seeing, like, queers and, you know, whatever, healing practitioners, et cetera, who are uplifting the video because why wouldn't we? It's fantastic. You know, the kids are all right. And people underneath who are their followers who are then like ostensibly also within the same uh milieu of like ideology about the world are like don't repost this don't support him i'm unfollowing you and really i didn't know so many people were scared about hell (laughs) i didn't know that the devil was so was such a faux pas still because really that's what it's about it's just satan yeah and um truly i thought outside of like certain communities where 14 year olds were married to the one preacher in town (laughs) um 
that we were all just sort of on the same page about like hell as a kind of like canonical metaphor that anybody could just pick up and that play with use all the time and there's been plenty of great pushback and examples right like I mean, what about Drake was on Degrassi Junior High and then like has songs about like doing drugs and like fucking women and cursing a lot. Nobody cared. Yeah, but he's doing that on Earth, Rose. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, You know, Garth Brooks was in a sketch where he sold his soul to the devil for achy breaky heart. Right. Mm, mm. I don't know about Garth Brooks. Or was that Billy Ray Cyrus? Either way, like there have been several um, squeaky clean people or people, you know, a lot of the argument was a either about like I'm just Christian and this is offensive, which like whatever, or um. But then it was like, oh, but kids loved Old Town Road, and now you're doing this to them, and it's like, why is it okay to tell a 14 year old that they're gonna burn in hell for a natural feeling that they feel, but not okay for them to flip that narrative? Hmm. Maybe it's the lap dance. Do you think it's the lap dance? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, yeah, it's like. It's, it's, it's pretty over the top, but I was also like, this is some Aries ass shit, you know? When he says I want to fuck the ones I envy, I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Every step of the way, I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, but but it's also like, yeah, guess what? Like, you don't actually get to own an entertainer, and like, he's exploring his sexuality, he's exploring his identity, and he's also. You know, he's doing a really, what I think is interesting thing is he is basically taking the tools that were used to oppress him and taking, oppress him and taking (laughs) that imagery and energy and kind of flipping it on its head. It's like, okay, fine. Let's say you're right. Like, Have we seen this kind of backlash in in the past few years against like, just like music content? Like I'm thinking about what you're talking, while you're Mm -hmm. talking, I'm thinking about, you know, because we've all been in this moment also talking about Britney, right? And like all the backlash that all these like entertainers would get every time they would just like make a choice that would be considered inappropriate for their listeners. And how at that time they were just kind of taking it and like basically being driven to like madness, you know? And it seems like Nas, right, is like so empowered in this moment. He's just like, well, no, Lil Nas X, but he's so empowered in this moment. He's just like writing back to everybody being like, LOL. Yeah. Um, has there just been the back. has there been a lot of backlash to like somebody in his generation? I mean, I think that Miley Cyrus got a little bit, but not much. The backlash that Miley was getting was from her peers because she was like being really appropriative and like insensitive. She also got backlash for being super sexualized from the conservative right. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But it, it was nowhere near as like widespread or as intense. But also social media has like also blown this up in a way. Right. You know, because I just I guess I was just wondering like if we've kind of had a chance the way we are getting to with Lil Nas X right now to see this like because is he Pluto and Cap generation or is Pluto no, he's Sag? Pluto and Sag. Just like this Pluto Sag generation just being like, you can hate me now. <laughs> you <Yeah. know>? like- <laughs> right, right. A Pluto in Virgo situation is going to respond much differently mm-hmm. than, you know. And Pluto in Scorpio, too, is a, is a different vibe, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the like, fuck you fuck you dad you're not my boss but the other thing that i think is <laughs> is really interesting is that little nas x tracks pretty well with chiron in aries and it's ingress mm-hmm. right um 
Like basically Old Town Road hit the top of the charts in February of 2019, which was very close to when Chiron ingressed into Aries. Mm -hmm. Um, And now that I thought it was interesting that he was in the news again as um, Chiron and the Sun made their annual conjunction and also just this idea around Chiron and Aries and kind of the wound of identity and our relationship to our sexuality and masculinity, right? Those are all Mm -hmm. themes. And the way that he is kind of just, I don't want to say shamelessly, because I feel like that implies that shame should be there, and that's not what I'm trying to say, but Mm -hmm. he, he, without hesitance, he is just continuing to like explore and express himself and just try to get more and more authentic and like... I think that expressing that through a creative avenue is a lot healthier than, um, I don't know, through sudden acts of violence. (laughs) (laughs) Are those the two options? (laughs) No, but I think that assertion can be aggressive or empowered. Right. And maybe sometimes both, but I think usually, right, there's a power imbalance if it's just aggression without like a reasonable focus and without some kind of constructive aim, you know? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas, like, yeah, just this urge to assert yourself and also to go back and tend to the younger parts of you when you were discovering your sexuality and the way that you were wounded there, right? Yeah, well, it would be interesting to look up what transits were happening to his natal chart when he was 14. There's no reported birth time for Lil Nas X. Oh, okay. So we wouldn't be able to check out anything to his midheaven, you know, mm-hmm. his moon or ascendant, but we might be able to see kind of what's going on outer planet wise, right? Right. Because I, I think that we're talking a little bit right now about outer planets and his chart in relationship. Yeah. And since it's like the song is also a callback to a very specific time, I'm like, if you're curious, I wonder what it would pull up. Well, it's probably going to be his first Saturn opposition, Mm. right? Because that happens around 14. Uh, And so this kind of like meeting of self in the form of other and like starting to understand like uh, kind of a concretizing of form, right? I could totally see that. Um, (sighs) Right, because we don't. So this is there is no ascendant. We're just basically doing. Yeah. An approximate. An approximate. Yeah, I did a noon chart. You know, mm-hmm. we're just gonna look at starting when he turned fourteen. Yeah. When he was fourteen, he would have had Saturn conjunct his natal Mars in Scorpio. In well, we don't know if it'd be in the fifth house, right? But regardless, that is kind of a, a coming into form of the way that he's gonna express himself sexually, and also a desire to keep that hidden, right? There's also just like, I feel like there's a lot of pressure happening on the sun, you know? Yeah, because the sun is at 19 degrees Aries, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He would have been experiencing a nodal square then, too, because Mm -hmm. the nodes at the time were at Scorpio and Taurus, right? Yeah. I think I was very interested to think about what his Chiron was doing at 14, like where it would have been placed in terms mm-hmm. like if we we're talking specifically about um the ingress and sort of the way that his you know the first song and the second song yeah and when was his his first hit song how old was he it was released independently on december 3rd 2018 so this mm-hmm. is the first transit which interestingly enough then he'd be 19 so it also would be a nodal cycle 
Right. Right. <laughs> By this time, the nodes had already ingressed into Cancer and Capricorn, but it's still that the sun is sitting on his Pluto when he puts it out. Mm-hmm. He's got Saturn sextile, his natal Mars, and he's got Pluto square, his natal sun. He went through a Pluto square at 19. Every single time, huh? Um, I feel like that. So the Pluto square is a very activating force in his life. Yeah. And Pluto already is, is showing itself a few times to be a theme, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. Um, and the Plutonian influence and Scorpionic influence and also Mars too, right? He's got both traditional and modern rulers of Scorpio. Mm-hmm, pressuring mm-hmm, on him mm-hmm. which keys into a different part of the Aries personality you know there is that connection there right? it's a very the, Martian chart yeah very much so right um, and he's also you know we've got Uranus at the anoretic degree of Aries too you know mm-hmm. um, which means that perhaps the inspiration struck you know a couple years earlier um, <laughs> so then when it hits number one is going to be April 13th. Um, so there's a Jupiter sun trine the day that it hits number one. And Jupiter has just finished trining his sun as well, right? It's at 24 degrees when it hits number one. It is squaring his Mercury in Pisces. So there is this way where like his way of communicating gets a boost, even though it can sometimes be like a, a tense stimulation, right? I think that Mercury and Pisces needs a tense stimulation. <laughs> I think so too, right? To like prod it into some kind of definition. Or it's like, like um, clear. it's like a guitar string. It is getting plucked. And then look at this. Saturn is square his sun now, right? So Pluto has moved off by enough degrees that he may not be feeling it, but now he's got a Saturn square sun. So it's still time to keep working for him. Mm-hmm. And then Mars is opposing his natal Pluto, mm-hmm. right? Well, it's also interesting to think of Saturn square sun as like a first foray into um, kind of like going into a conservative space and making your own name for it, right? Because yeah. Saturn is like sort of, if not the father, quote unquote, then sort of like established structures, even yes. when we think about like country music. Yes. So the idea of like somebody like him who's queer and like playful in a totally different way coming in and being like, this is country music too. And it's going to be a hit. Yeah. That's, that's like a very, um, it's a square, but it's like a, rather, it's like, you know, when like exciting could also mean yeah. like dangerous. It's like an exciting yeah. square. <laughs> totally. And not for nothing. Right. Then he got a figure from the country music establishment to mm-hmm. co-sign him by remixing it. You know, that was, it was very clever. Um, he also had Mercury and Venus sitting atop his own natal Mercury and therefore also being stimulated by this relationship to Jupiter. Right. So he had some good stuff going for him, but also some challenges, right? That Saturn square sun could very easily have led to like frustration and self-defeat, especially with this Mars Pluto opposition. Right. But, and, and, you know, you can see Chiron just starting to slowly make its way in. Right. Should that bring us to today? Do we need to yes, look at any of his other releases? Today. So now if we look at today, We've got, of course, Venus approaching his natal sun. His his birthday is coming up. Chiron is still a little ways away. It's creeping up towards his natal Jupiter. 
you know, over the course of these last uh, seven years, it really last three years, Uranus has passed over his natal Saturn, right, which is in Taurus. But what I'm interested in is Pluto sitting right on top of his moon and it's trying his natal Venus in Taurus. Mm-hmm. So even though he's got this cap moon, which is a little hard to navigate, I would say, you know, he's got the Pisces Mercury to try to think a little more feelingly and get in there. But Pluto stimulating both his natal Venus and his moon to me really speaks about like making art from a very vulnerable, very private place, but in service to healing, you know? Right. I mean, it's also, it's interesting to think about a cat moon actually, because a cat moon for a lot of people can result in a lot of projects that don't see the light of day. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And maybe that's true about him, you know, like right. maybe it's actually true that um, we only see the things that he believes are truly done. And But because he's still such an Aries, um, yeah. he's able to at least give us those things, you know, with the, with the Taurus Venus, too, that can also be a little slow. Like it's like they're like both those placements are perfectionists in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, so. For me, I think what's, you know, because I'm just looking at his natal chart, not necessarily like the transit aspects, but what's interesting to me is thinking about if if a cat moon, you know, is prodigious in its own way, but has a fairly hard time actually sharing, yeah. um, then perhaps what's the drive, which isn't like something we're talking about as much, is that Scorpio Mars. Mm. All I was trying to say is that um, Chiron has been very active during his career and his rise. And I think that he's like a really interesting figure to think about as far as the archetype of like a a wound in Aries. Right. Mm -hmm. And like Mm -hmm. a, a healthier way to like kind of work through that and work through your relationship with your identity and with needing to like individuate, but also reckoning and reconciling with the pain of separating yourself from, from like the amorphous blob of pre-conscious being, you know? (laughs) Um, But let me just pull up the date of the actual song release because yeah, it's like sun Venus and Chiron were all like approaching conjunction and then the day that he released the Satan shoes right I just like I so deeply wish that said 666 instead of 866 I know right (laughs) But, but so basically the day that that happened and really sparked the controversy was like within hours of the Sun Chiron conjunction annually. And they were all, surprise, surprise, trying his natal Pluto. Mm-hmm. So, as far as like a figure of transformation and healing and dealing with sexuality and, and interrogating, um, kind of really facing the demons that and boogeymen that other people try to like instill in you as a way to discourage or dissuade you from expressing yourself and be like, oh, you want me to be scared of hell? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, here's my response to that. And you also want me to be scared of like carnality and like having a body and living in it and like Mm -hmm. responding to its desires. Like, okay. Right. Who's scared now? (laughs) Right. For Um, sure. Yeah, I mean, I also just think that, like, Aries people 
will not be intimidated. No. And, you know, that's the thing that I love about um, Aries moon havers, too. You know, like when I think about Cardi B and AOC and the way that they respond when they're attacked. Mm -hmm. It's like it's brave and it doesn't give an inch where it shouldn't, you know. Right, but it's different that quality, right? Because you yeah, know, because he doesn't have that Aries reflection. Moon. I think the Aries Moon quality is is very it's very special because it's not, um, you know, when Aries Sun is attacked, it's like it's sort of like I wish you would, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that Aries Moon is not um, on the offensive like that. No. It's it's actually almost always in my experience, very dignified. Like it feels offended that you would try to make them small. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. like it has almost that earnestness that like Aries, like kid earnestness that was like, don't, 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 don't you see my humanity? Like, <laughs> yeah. And you see that in the way Cardi and AOC respond, you know, yeah. where they're just like, yeah. they're not like, just like, fuck you. They're just like, look at me, look at what I'm doing, look at what yeah. I'm offering, look how much like this has hurt others. Yep. Look at yourself. <laughs> yeah. And they, they kind of, it's almost an anticipatory, but it's, it's not in a manipulative way where it's kind of like, I'm going to basically paint you into a corner now. Mm -hmm. like you want to come at me okay well here's what's actually happening and any way that you respond to this now you look like the fucking jerk you know mm -hmm. so I mean it's a mirror right the Aries moon is full when the sun is in Libra exactly and that's kind of when we see the fullest manifestation right of those well, energies that's, that's what I mean I think that it's like highly concerned it's like what it's offended by is the injustice of things like rather yeah. than um, it's sort of like the kind of like airy sun that can kind of be like, I'm the boss. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Fuck out my way. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which then just makes me think immediately of Young Ma speaking of other um, Aries firebrands, right? Oh my and gosh. Queers. It's hard for me with that one because I, I, um, I like her so much, but it's like, she's really on that Instagram just like, outside maskless yeah partying, i'm a little curious <laughs> about, thing. about her covid protocols to be to be quite honest you know it's like started to hurt my feelings it's like wait, what's happening here yeah that's real right um but i guess that's the other side right of chiron and aries and and individualism is um some holders of this energy um could not possibly prioritize caring for other people and i think that we're really seeing that in COVID with Chiron and Aries, right? Mm. Like this unwillingness to like accept that it's not just you. <laughs> People get really lost in the sauce about that, you know? Yeah. A lot of arguments I feel like are sort of like people trying to blow up a balloon and the like the balloon getting like like the skin of it being too tight and then just being like this balloon is broken. And I'm like, no, you can't you're not you actually, there's, there's no way you can like inflate this argument to like make it hold weight. Well, it's like, you know, I mean, not that we haven't talked about this shit to death, but like, it's sort of how people will be like the teachers 
won't work and therefore they are hurting our kids because we need to go to work and the kids and I'm like if you just maybe took two like three steps above that right like so instead of being mad at the teachers who are ostensibly like your peers like they are like you in the world they have the same amount of power you do they have a job and they need security in that job you might want to think about still just being mad at the government that they're not paying you to stay home <laughs> like instead of being mad at the teachers who like weren't vaccinated and were being asked to like be exposed every day in rooms where they would be standing in the position where the air would constantly circulate toward them and put them at risk you might consider that your anger would do a lot more if you realize the people in control of your circumstance were not the people keeping you from sending your kids to school, but the people keeping you from being financially stable enough to stay home from work. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I think that this like thing, you know, which, you know, I'm sure we talked about, but it's like a thing that you constantly keep bumping up against where it's like somebody is mad at the first line of thinking, like the first logical sentence. And you're just like, this is a paragraph. Like this is not a standalone fact, you know? You yeah. just had, did you read the whole page or <laughs> what's, what's up? Yeah, never mind. also the very real risk that your children being in those classrooms pose to you when they come home, you, like. It's a wild ride, you know? <laughs> It's a wild ride. We are all still on for sure. We are all on it. Yep. And it just, yeah, there's not, not a lot of help there. It's like almost, it's almost there. And maybe, you know, I think that that could be something that's added in Aquarius if it, if it wanted to help us out. And if people wanted to learn the lesson could start to, like among other things, there is this need to start looking at the systems that are responsible, right? Aquarius systems, responsibility, Saturn. I mean, the feminists have been saying this for years. <laughs> yeah, but you know, some of them. Are least yeah, them. they're the systems. <laughs> yeah, Jeros, they're the systems responsible. <laughs> Obviously, we are all the systems. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's also true. Some um, those are kind of. I just thought it might be nice to do a little check in and and talk through kind of Chiron and Aries and how we. We're seeing it so far just because we are, you know, it's at nine degrees. We're almost a third of the way through. I, I think if nothing else, we should start to be getting a grip on and forming an understanding of the themes that we're working with here, right? And what healing potential is possible and what harming potential is also possible, right? I feel like Chiron sometimes feels like such an activating point that it's like, like a prism, like shooting, like shooting the light at different spots and like where it's hitting. Yes. It's, it becomes the themes, right? Yeah. <laughs> becomes the themes. Like, because it's sometimes, although I'm not not guilty of it, but it's hard sometimes to stick with Chiron and Aries as just like a masculinity issue, right? Or like, uh, yeah. which I think people really want to do. They want to kind of be like, this is a toxic masculinity issue. Like a lot of people keep like circling that around, like around and around. But Aries is so much more than masculinity. For sure. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's also about life. You know, like what it means to actually be pro-life, you know, like in the greater yeah. sense of the word, right? As opposed to like how it's been reinvented. Yeah. 
I mean, there's people, there's pro-life actually. And then there's anti-abortion. Like, let's be Right. Real. Exactly. And I think about one thing that gets lost from talking about Aries is how they are, you know, it is that first house energy. They are so much, so much the kind of like the defenders of like what life is, like what being fully alive is like to feel oneself active and alive in the world. And there is something right about this past year, this kind of circulating constant sentence, right. That we hear actually is that like America is a death cult. And so to think about the death cult, right. Which is kind of like, seems sort of like, what do you mean? But if you look at it, (laughs) you're just like, what is, what is the fucking deal to think about that tension? Like the wound of like, actually, knowing what we're alive for, right? To be fully present, to be fully alive, to be fully yourself. (laughs) What? (laughs) Right, which also means like being in touch with your desires, right? Mm -hmm. uh, An ability to sever and separate when it's necessary, right? To cut off the old so that the new can thrive. Mm -hmm. To be able to begin again. And yeah, to actually feel in your body. And also, like, I think, I mean, I'm not sure about, you know, how the different, like, how the second deacon will go, because I do think when we get into Leonine energy, we're yeah. getting into, like, a few more power plays. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Aries, to me, as a, as a wider energy, is not really interested in holding on to power. It resents it resents people who power grab. It resents the idea that like one person has power. It believes that like that life is power, that you are empowered because you are alive. Yeah. You know? So I do think that it's like, I don't know. Like I just, you know me, I have my own stories about Aries. Right. But I do think that there's like something to be said for the wound right? The wound in sort of like a collective Aries wound. Think about being forced or, or being kind of programmed to believe that you don't have a right to life and to joy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I do know. <laughs> you look sad when you say that. Like <laughs> but right it's like i don't want to be the boss i just don't want you to be my boss either yep exactly like what if we just all our own bosses yeah it's like why is why are there, why is there a boss <laughs> yeah you know like i do me you do you i don't even want to be in charge of those people they don't know what they're doing i don't want to be responsible yeah, for their fucking behavior idiots. <laughs> yeah exactly like just let me do me and then when i make a mistake uh it's just my mistake you mm-hmm. know I think Aries really does learn by by just fucking trial by fire. You know what I mean? Just step off the cliff, see what happens. Just running run their little head right up against it. <laughs> yeah, just literally butt your fucking horns into the ground until you, it finally breaks, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which like is all fine and well, but if you're in charge of other people, um, that can be. Yeah, uh, that's called. It's usually it takes the form of micromanaging. <laughs> Um, but it's like the truth about an Aries boss is that they're like micromanaging you and the whole time they're like no I trust you just do whatever you want and then later they're like I have to do this again (laughs) yeah they're like why would you do it that way (laughs) no I'll just do it it's fine I'll just redo what you did 
Well, and they, but there's also just that expectation that somebody else will like take the initiative to figure it out and, and mm-hmm. do it, you know, mm-hmm. and like to not need the intervening or the handholding. But if you can't go the distance with it, mm-hmm. there's that frustration, you know, an infant doesn't want its feeding parent to need it, you know, yes, it's the exactly. one needing it has the need. <laughs> it's also like feeding me is your job. No more, no less. <laughs> yeah. So like, please do not complain about it. And yes, I will use all the little rage my tiny body can muster until I get whatever it is you're feeding me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that, think about that too. Like the Aries, like the Aries current wound of like the rage not being enough. Right. Like that's another aspect of it. Right. Just like crying into the void. <laughs> and having to cry until you exhaust your considerable uh, resource, mm-hmm. <laughs> all that energy <laughs> only being channeled and, you know, until skill is acquired, right? Because like, there's also something about Aries that's very earnest and they really want to believe that they can affect change. Cute Tracy Chapman, you know? <laughs> and so the other part of like the developing wound, right? Because I feel like we talk about these wounds sometimes as if they just kind of like live and then we look back at them. But the developing wound of like even being like an Aries in this culture as you're like growing older is seeing like how hard it is to affect change. Like how hard it is to like how much things stay the same, right? And how you like maybe start off with this big passionate heart raging in the streets and like, you know, going to your swap meets. And, you know, and like fucking acting up and then, and still the death cult. Yeah. The death cult, which, you know, is also only getting exacerbated further by our impending Pluto return. Right. So, you know, we're in what we're within one degree or something. Mm-hmm. You want to talk more about that? Um, I mean, I think we've talked about it before Fairmount in the last couple of years. It's been a pretty big topic among astrologers, but. In the birth chart of the United States. So again, sorry, this podcast is United States centric sometimes because that's where we live and what we know. Um, And because we're big bullies, you know, we fuck up the whole world real good. Mm -hmm. Just how we learned from, you know, our parents in Europe. (laughs) (laughs) But better and different. If people, I mean, it's like, I guess I could talk about Russia, but why? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who's who's listening here for that maybe later dm yeah. me yeah. to talk yeah. about DM, DM. but right now the united states of america uh, in its incarnation pluto was in capricorn at i believe the 27th degree let's see pluto was in capricorn at 27 degrees 33 minutes pluto is currently in capricorn at 26 pretty big deal right because it takes uh, around 250 years, 246 or something for Pluto to complete a full transit through Zodiac, right? And so <sighs> we're really looking at our root system, our power, mm-hmm. structure, struggles, uh, everything that we try to bury. And don't- I don't think it's ever been as common parlance like for people to talk about the consequences of slavery as much as it has been in the past like five years. Yeah. You know, I don't think redlining was a word that like a lot of white people used to know unless they were in real estate. Yeah, it's true. Right. So there is this the combination of Neptune and Pisces. Right. Which is like goldfish memory, which we already like have an issue with here. Right. And like mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. a tendency and preponderance towards uh, d- denial and projection. Right. Like everybody else has a problem with democracy. 
<laughs> everywhere else, you know what I mean? Everywhere else is a violent, dangerous place, right? And like, no, we've, we've fixed slavery w- with Lincoln, you know, <laughs> which we already talked about how Lincoln's kind of a jerk, right? Yeah, um, we did that. We had a big one there. Yeah, we did that. No, he pushed back. It was great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that one was like, I love Lincoln. What are you talking about? <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, I think it's a time of a reckoning that like we live in capitalism capitalism doesn't work because it doesn't value people or humanity um or we live in capitalism capitalism lives in us man yeah it does and capitalism was birthed out of slavery it's just uh the same hand yeah more or less right and i mean capitalism is also like a modification of the monarchy but it's you know seeking out and violently um acquisitioning natural resources and then hoarding them and and using them uh, to exploit others well i mean also you know it's just we know at this point that like capitalism has to survive off of big business right and mm-hmm. a lot of big business still uses slavery so, you know, whether or not we get to experience it even as um, observers in the same way that, like, people like you and I might have, you know, yeah. centuries ago, it's still happening all the time because people are, in fact, enslaved. They're enslaved on our fishing boats and they're enslaved in our cocoa fields and in our coffee bean fields and in our soy fields. <laughs> yeah, and making every piece of clothing that the gaps out. And, like, making Victoria's Secret underwear in our jail system. Right, in our jail system, too, right? Yeah, so, just, oh, in our carceral state. Yeah, and so Pluto reminds us that, like, nothing actually goes away and nothing actually goes away nothing actually goes away right everything's just getting fed back into the system and if something isn't significantly transformed by like conscious energy Mm -hmm. it's just going to keep manifesting in the same way right like if you don't pick the weeds out of your compost you're gonna grow a garden full of weeds you know but that takes conscious effort and intention and discernment and also like a memory of like oh yeah this took over and took all the nutrients my sweet potatoes needed but Maybe it's also I should like the police. it's constant, right? It's not just one thing, right? No. And it has, to, and it's like, it's sort of like the sentence inside the paragraph, right? Like people read the sentence, and it's like, where's like as I was saying, it's like, where's the rest of your paragraph, man? It's the same. It's like, oh, I'm just looking. It's like I just have to keep watering this garden. Your garden is in Tucson, man. I think you might try using some of the native plants, you know, but it's like, no, I got to get this lawn really green and I got to keep doing it. I got to keep taking care of it. But it's like, what is it built on? Like, what is your belief system around what you should have? So even if it's like, oh, we have to attend to this carceral state. It's like, why do we have a carceral state? (laughs) Right. You have to pluck it out by the root. Mm -hmm. And that also is a big Pluto lesson. Right. You Mm -hmm. cannot just address the surface symptom. If you're deeply allergic to a cat, (laughs) just take Benadryl. Right. And keep living with a cat like you probably need that cat to live somewhere else. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't just be like, well, I stopped sneezing, so it's fine. Right. Or you need to figure out how to like change your whole body <laughs> sure yeah right like those are the yeah your you have to take there. allergy injections i've yeah. heard you have to go to a kinesthesiologist and they make you hold a bunch of things to their body <laughs> about them. 
It sounds like you know something about this personally. I do transpersonally. Okay, but is this like, so what can someone do, right? Like, what can someone do knowing that this Pluto work is happening? Is this just like a sort of, um, is it like kind of uh, looking at these continuous collective transits and being like, okay, I feel it, I'm aware of it, and now I have a context for the pattern so that like, I am more aware of the way that these things are not incidental. They're part of a larger cycle of time. Like, is that sort of the approach that we're working with here? I don't think it's a coincidence that we're talking about Aries and Mars and Pluto in the same episode because we're looking at the beginning and the end and, and thinking about what comes in between, right? Like, you can't talk about life without also reckoning with death. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think what's really necessitated is... Um, the patience and the tolerance to kind of hold both to understand that there's a lot you can't do anything about. So how do you find the things that you can mm-hmm. do something about, you know? And how do you just like keep that little torch going to hand off to whoever's next, right? Like when you're too tired to carry it anymore. Hmm. Little torch. I was thinking about like what an Aries can do even like what is not like, Oh, here is your steps. Right. But like, if you're wading through this, right. If you're just like wading through these waves of feeling let down, feeling like not, not empowered to do to resist even right which i think again like that is also part of the chiron aries feeling like the kids want to rise up and then you know (laughs) and they're like and what happens what happens when we rise up we get beaten down yeah i don't know but if anybody does know it would be nice if they told me because like (laughs) it's been a it's been a hard couple weeks the beginning of the second year in a pandemic has been particularly demoralizing Mm-hmm. I think, um, and I think that I am worried about anyone who feels totally okay and great right now because mm-hmm. how can you not absorb or feel so much death and suffering? Right. Which, like, sure, it's always been there, but there also seems to be this kind of, I think we've talked about this before, this kind of, like, collapsing and compounding of crises that's just, mm-hmm. like, becoming so overwhelming Mm-hmm. That like it, there's no way to possibly tend to and give each new uh, piece of horrifying information like the the attention and intention that it deserves, right? Right. I mean, this country is famous for trying to pretend that Pluto doesn't exist, but yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just like there's no tending to this grief, and we we also know like just in general. There's um, an unwillingness to be in the process mm-hmm. that actually is required to truly like attend to and heal wounds and like actually change something and, and move forward. And knowing that that's what's coming on on the other side of this pandemic, I think is particularly demoralizing. You know, what you're speaking of, it makes me think too about another thing that Aries, this is like, I think the, um, an Aries like development journey, which is the development of like, and Aries allowing themselves to grieve, mm. right? Because I also think that um, Aries' nature 
wants to start the fire and doesn't want to wait around to see it burn out. Yeah. Right. It doesn't know how to close the ceremony. No. Um, and so Aries actually often hold a lot of bodily grief, but aren't necessarily people who can really sit with loss. Right. It's like constant, like onto the next, I got this. Yeah. Um, so there's lessons here in this moment, right? Because it's almost like people are in some ways, I mean, not, I'm not saying we're given the containers for it or time for it, but in some ways we are forced to be inside of it in a way yeah. that we might have not in other times in our lives. Right. And I'm thinking too about our friend's show because like, you know, you mm. speaking about holding grief, um, and figuring out ways to do it. Um, dear listeners. <laughs> dear listeners. Our friend Devin Emery, who is a Taurus um, with a lot of Gemini placements. Uh, <laughs> I won't succumb to their cuss language. Um, is a wonderful dancer and also somebody who was a nurse in the front lines of the COVID epidemic and uh, was actually my key to a lot of information about what was happening because so much was underreported. And Devin has a new, well, I think originally it was going to be a dance, like a performance, but it became a film that's now available for streaming. Um, and there are live premieres. The New York City one just passed, but there's gonna be one that's for Philly in LA. The project is called Dead Bird, and you could look it up at deadbird.land. And it is about holding grief about not, I mean, specifically about this year, but also for this land, the land that we are on. Um, Devin is both Blackfoot and Lenape. And um, the ritual that they offer with this performance is so, so special and so invested in thinking about how to make our grief integral to how we're getting through this and a sacred practice. Yeah. And I guess the other, the other gift that I think that the current astrology is giving us right now that, um, that I think will get bumped up a little bit too in a, in a couple of years, but again, we've talked about how hard it is to think about that is, um, is Neptune in Pisces right now? Mm-hmm. Um, I know it was tricky for everybody when Mercury conjoined it, but as far <laughs> as far you know, if Aries does not know and needs to learn, Pisces does, right? Pisces mm-hmm. and Pisces is the solar twelfth house of Aries too, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a way where it's this information that can only be accessed for them through this third space, through this liminal space, right? Mm-hmm. Through solitude, through like mm, rituals more sixth house but through a connection to spirituality right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to those that came before but also like lineage. i think that it's like a it's because i think that it's almost like you can go to the ritual and that's a sixth house thing like to yeah. to connect to like to connect to an action but the part where then you access whatever comes through that information is going to be happening in a 12th house way 
Does that make exactly. sense? Exactly. It That makes perfect sense, right? To close out, you did mention Cusps. You did mention Devin. We did get some a listener question about them. Do you want to talk about that? Does that feel too divisive to use some Aries terminology? I mean, here's the thing. It's like people really believe in their Cusps and like good for them. You know, yeah. like at the end of the day, I also believe so much of astrology is just a faith practice. Like everyone's like, this is what this means. And somebody else will be like, not to me, it doesn't mean that. And then it's like, great. Now we both, one of us thinks that the fifth house is about just like creativity. And one of us thinks it's about fucking, you know? And so here we are (laughs) just two different people, both giving readings and both like with a lot of like citations behind us to prove that we're right. 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 So it's like, it's true that traditionally astrologers are not vested in cusps because if you know your birth date, then you know your sign. Yeah. Like each, you would have to, like your year plays an important part there. So when people say, oh, well, I looked up my sign because I was born on, you know, April 5th and that's what it is. It's like, yeah, but if you add your year to it, it will be, it will be more precise. It'll be (laughs) more precise. Every single amount of data just makes it more and more precise. And that's That's why sometimes if you look it up April 5th, you know, I mean, April 5th is going to be the same. March 12th. Yeah, I'm like, April 5th is always going to be the same. But yeah, any yeah. of these dates that are toward what we call the cusp dates, like the 20s, the 22s, if you look it up online with all of the data, you got your sign. So what makes us feel like cusps, right? There's yeah. a lot at play. Rose? Well, particularly because the personal planets move in clumps, right? And I'm talking about... Mars, Venus, Mercury, Mercury moves very fast, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, As does the moon. But oftentimes a person will have significant placements in the sign directly before or directly after their sun sign. So Mm -hmm. that's going to influence it, right? Like your expression of your identity. Yeah. The way that you take in information and put it out is, is going to, that's going to color it in a certain Mm -hmm. way, right? It's going to tint it. Same with the way that you express or exert yourself or direct your energy towards a goal and the way that you engage with people or your relationship to money or what's important to you, right? Like those are all things mm-hmm. that become and especially a part of especially if they're your... so close to your son, it's like yeah. we're not sure exactly where the house is for your son. But like as for me, for an example, like I am an 11th house son. My Venus is in my first house. Yeah. So – my Venus and Sag is going to say a lot more about me in my first house than maybe for somebody else. Right. So when you're looking at those personal planets too, that are like migrating so close to your sun, you're also thinking about if potentially they're in places that are going to feel like they're a huge part of your personality or what people see about you. For sure. Right. Um, And the other thing that I think gets confusing and where the language even comes from is actually from the natal chart, the house cusp, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the the degree or dividing line if you're not using whole sign houses, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And so for that, you know, for different chart interpretations, and this is based on the inaccuracy of birth times, sometimes astrologers will consider a planetary placement that's very close to the house cusp. They'll interpret it as being in the following one, right? So there is this way where... The more technical experience you have, the the more clearly it feels like it delineates itself because once you get beyond sun sign astrology, there's so much more to explore and investigate that you don't need to muddy the waters further, right? <laughs> 
But I also like, I'm not here to tell anybody that they need to listen to my dogmatic interpretation of astrology. I just like, if you're wondering why people don't talk about them, it's because the more we study, the more we realize we need to be able to discern and delineate. And that is a helpful tool. And there's so many other factors going into it, right? Right. It's just like, it's just a real language. Like astrology is a real language. It has, its, it's like basically has its own dictionary. It so the truth is, is that like, at this point in our culture, I think it might be just valuable to acknowledge that. Like it might be valuable to acknowledge that like, if you might know just your sign or you might know even just your sign, your moon sign, and that's okay. Totally. You don't need to know the whole language. There's a lot of arts and esoteric studies for which I only know the like most used terms, right? But if you want to actually know more, there is so much more to know. (laughs) There's always more to know. You know, I don't, I think that, um, I think that people who are really vested in astrology are sort of like people who are often forever students. Yeah. And, and I think that people, a lot of people are drawn to it for that reason, right? Mm -hmm. That like you can learn until you die and you could still just know like the tiniest fraction, right? Right. Because it's some, you can learn so much from somebody who just happens to have been doing it for decades and kept seeing the same like trine aspect. And all of a sudden you're like listening to like Demetra George talk about, you know, what Mercury does in the first house. And you're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. That's I, I felt like also it's kind of on topic for Aries season because it's like a clean start and Aries is like cutting and wants to mm-hmm. know the separation. Doesn't care about sorting it. That's Virgo's job, right? Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Well, that's good information. Do we have any, um, any other things we need to tell people about? Did you want to talk about Venus Pluto? I mean, I don't know because we already talked about Devin's wonderful show. We did. Oh, I was thinking a little bit too about... Um, you know what record um, Old Town Road broke? What? Mariah Carey and Boys to Men. Another oh Aries. Right? Is, it that, then, is it that song that I love? Yeah, it is One Sweet Day. <laughs> I right? love that song. So that I, was a cute Aries story. <laughs> I like that story. I want to also say that I think that that song, I was thinking about that because I was, I was having a Mariah Carey moment um, yeah. for since since Christmas, I've been having a Mariah Carey moment because Christmas is actually a Mariah Carey holiday. Um, yeah. And <laughs> Mariah Carey, if you um, have, you sh- I would highly recommend the book on tape. But um, if you've read it, the the meaning of Mariah, or <laughs> you've listened to it, you'd know that that Christmas means a lot to Mariah. That in fact. <laughs> all days are Christmas. <laughs> so Mariah, Christmas, very important. Um, and the book <laughs> is actually revelatory, really, really yeah. important work, um, I think, for um, our elusive Chanteuse. But uh, that song, which kind of kept, because, you know, once once you do the Spotify thing where you listen like four albums, they're just like, yeah. you know, listen to the Mariah song. <laughs> that song would come up fairly often on my sort of Spotify, like Discover, whatever. And I, you know, I listened to it when it first came out. But this year, it's felt extremely poignant. Like listening to One Sweet Day is, in fact, a grief ritual. 
I think. Like a joyful grief ritual, an Aries yeah. grief ritual. Yeah. Um, because that's what it's all about. It's just about believing that you can hold that loss and that you can hold the you can hold the joy. Mm. You know, of like the kind of the underside of that loss, right? So the the way that the fact that the pain is so great because the the love was so great or the closeness was so great. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like the truth is, is that we have, we are so lucky. We're so lucky that throughout our lives, so many amazing, talented black women have been making these songs about grief for us. (laughs) You know, that's true. That's kind of been like one of our major mainstream outlets. I mean, I guess there have been like some Backstreet Boys songs about being sad, but it's not the same. No, no, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> don't just, you're just like, like, some, like, you Aquari- like you literally just threw some Aquarian pop rocks into the sentence. You're like, yeah, I've heard about those like black women with those grief songs. What about that Backstreet Boys song about being sad? Like, <laughs> well, I was just trying to think of if there were any other like um, mainstream successful songs that were meant to channel or deal with grief. That's all I meant. And I was um, like, well, that's not really real. Not in the same way, right? There might have been. We probably just weren't listening to them because they weren't that they weren't served to us in that way. But all of that is to say this Aries season, as you're moving your body and feeling alive, do not forget the grief that is living in there and try to find a channel, yeah? Yeah, add it in. Add it add it to the like I think it's like right, the Aries and it's true, like it's like Aries also reminds all of us, right, to just like it's like spring, I guess, in the northern hemisphere. Right. It's sort of it's movement, no matter what season it is, it's movement. Yeah. Um, and I think that movement shouldn't be confused with running away from something. Right. Right. Or whatever the one word it for that is, like um to move is not necessarily to erase or to like, to forget. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Well, this is not one of our playful episodes, um, which is fine because I can't, I mean, because Aries already played too much. So I don't think that they need to. You need a little time out to deal with your grief. Just like, just like hold it. You just like, you know, just hold it. Or try to balance it like on your nose or whatever, if you need a more active way to engage with it, you know, but Mm -hmm. acknowledge that it's there. Or like one of those like science fair toys, which is like, where you like, you like hold it and it's small and then you like pull it out and it's like really big, like that plastic thing, you know, and it's like a big nebula and it's like back to being small and you're like, Oh, this is just mine. You're like, Whoa, it's everybody's. And you're like, it's just mine. You're like, Whoa, it's everybody's. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think you're right. Um, Cut your hair if you need to. Yeah. I mean, sure. Why not color it red? It's the season. Yeah, it's the season. And there's no reason you, like, can't look good or, or, like, be horny while you're grieving, you know? There's no reason you can't look bad either. (laughs) True. True. I mean, listen, we've all been wearing sweatpants for a year, so. Yeah, some of us are just, like, really trying to hone in on, like, like sweatpants fashion. Um. 
Yeah. That's our message for you. Gala, where can people find you? Anything you want to promote? Anything you want people to stop trying to get you to do? You get to decide. Um, I don't know. I think, no, I wanted to promote Devin's work. And yes. um, I think that's all I want to promote for now. Right. Yeah, you should check out deadbird.land. Yes. Um, if I didn't email you back, it's probably because we're not, I'm not your friend. <laughs> You can cut that out. <laughs> ah, Mercury and Aries. <laughs> Very nice. Ah, uh, cool. Yeah. Mm, I'm still here creeping around. You can book a reading with me. I do couples readings. I do transit updates. I do just sweet little natal chart readings. I have gift cards. I also will edit your podcast or copy edit your astrological writing if you need that. Oh my God, Rose really does it all. Do it all. I compose original music as well if you need that. You want some spaceship sounds? Let me know. I'm yeah. here. I'm queer. Oh. I'm having a big economy. We're going to, I'm going to stop recording. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's fine. Big Dyke Energy is mixed and recorded by Rose Blakelock and features original music by Night of Cups. Garth Brooks is the country music star who sells his soul to the devil on SNL, and the song he sells it for is called Fred's Got Slacks. Chiron ingressed into Aries on February 18, 2019, and Pluto takes 248 years to orbit the sun.